old generation is dead and the new generation is ready. Today we'll see them enter the land promised to Abraham long ago. Thanks for tuning in to the Bible Brief. It's been 40 years. 40 years of wandering in the wilderness of the Sinai Peninsula. After failing to enter the land of Canaan, the generation that had seen God deliver them from Egyptian slavery had all died out in the wilderness. Despite seeing the miraculous leadership of God by pillar of cloud and fire, despite receiving the manna bread from heaven, despite seeing God descend upon Mount Sinai in smoke and fire, these people would not obey God to enter the promised land. Miracles, it turns out, don't automatically cause faith and obedience. In the case of the older generation of Israel, no matter how many ways God delivered them from their troubles and showed His faithfulness to them, they still resisted and rejected His rule over them. But now consider this. All of these young people under the age of 20, when the 40 years of wandering began, and many of whom were born in the wilderness, each one of them saw their parents and grandparents die in the wilderness. They heard the story of God's great deliverance from Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the starting of the what-is-it bread from heaven. They imagined what it was like to have seen God come down on Mount Sinai and see Moses come out of the smoke with the two tablets of stone. They were sad to hear of their parents and grandparents' demand that Moses' brother make the golden calf as a fake god. This is what they grew up with, and the whole time they saw in front of them day after day and night after night the pillars of cloud and fire by which God was leading them. They also began to practice God's law in earnest, as the youngsters from the tribe of Levi saw their fathers and grandfathers perform the ritual sacrifices in the tabernacle tent, while the other children of Israel learned all these other rules with their basis in the Ten Commandments. Now, 40 years later, the oldest of the next generation would have grown to as old as 60 years old, and determined not to repeat the mistake of their parents. As the time of wandering came to a close, they were itching to go into the land of Canaan. But before going in, Moses, now around 120 years old, gives a speech to this new generation of Israelites. Moses was one of only three men of the older generation still living, the other two being the spies who had bravely told the people to enter the land 40 years prior, Joshua and Caleb. This speech of Moses essentially encompasses the book of Deuteronomy, and his speech is in accordance with the book's title. Deuteronomy essentially means second law. Not that God gave a second law in the book, but rather that this is the same law being told for a second time to a new generation. Moses wants to ensure that this new generation understands their duties and responsibilities as they enter the land. Now this speech, where Moses reminds them of the law, ends with a stark warning, in a section that many call the blessings and the curses of the law. It's here that Moses talks about the great benefits that will come to the people as they obey the law. And it's here that Moses talks about the truly awful curses that will befall the people if they forget the law and reject God's rule over them. These curses include something that we should note. Listen to this from Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sicknesses grievous and lasting. And he will bring upon you again all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. 
Every sickness and also every affliction that is not recorded in the book of this law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Whereas you are numerous as the stars of heaven, you shall be left few in number, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plucked off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. And the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. God announces great judgment if the people forget the law and don't obey the rules that God gave to Israel. And these curses include disease, sickness, destruction, depopulation, capped off with the expulsion from the land of Canaan. The possession of the land, then, was largely conditioned upon obeying the law. And when they were expelled from the land, they would know exactly the reason why. They had forgotten and disobeyed the law that God gave them. And sadly, before the end of the speech, Moses tells the people that they will indeed be eventually cast out of the land. They will forget. They will disobey. Eventually, the people of Israel will be exiled into other nations and scattered abroad. The law would not be upheld nor obeyed. And soon Moses ends his speech, and we read this. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting, that I may commission him. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And in this appearance, God commissions Joshua as the new leader of Israel as they enter the land. It says this, And the Lord commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. One of the faithful spies who had gone into the land forty years prior would now lead the people into the land as God himself would drive out the inhabitants there from before the Israelites. This was it. The time had come. After not just 40 years of wandering, but over 400 years since Abraham was first promised the land of Canaan in the Abrahamic covenant, they were finally entering the land, and God would be with them. And we see God showing his power to them in three ways over the first several days in the land. The first example is in the people actually entering the land itself. To enter the land, they had to cross the Jordan River. And to cross a river, they'd need a lot of boats, right? Well, no. In fact, we've seen Israelites cross a body of water before, and they didn't need any boats at all. The same would be true here. God would stop the flowing of the Jordan River so that the people could cross over the river walking on dry ground. This echo of God's deliverance from Egypt was almost like a reminder, like God saying again, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God was showing that he was with the people. The second example of God showing his power is in an appearance to Joshua, the new leader of Israel, just before the Israelites start their first battle for the land. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. 
We see in this brief encounter that God and his armies were with the Israelites. The physical realm of this world would be at battle, and the spiritual army of God would be at battle as well. God would be with his people. Finally, we see a third example of God's power with his people as they take the city of Jericho, a fortified city with a large impenetrable wall. It says this, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once, and thus you shall do for six days. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. And just as God said to Joshua, it happens. On the seventh day of their marching, upon the blow of the trumpets, God causes the walls of the city to fall down flat, and a battle commences where the Israelites overtake the city as the first place conquered in the land. God again had shown that he was with his people. However, basking in victory over their enemies, one of the Israelites is tempted. You see, God had said that as they defeated their enemies, that they should not take the plunder, but should destroy it instead, that they should devote it to destruction. But tempted by the glittering gold and silver, a man takes in secret what should have been destroyed. Next time, we'll see the results of this secret sin as it affects the entire nation. God is serious about his rules and won't overlook even the secret sins. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Are you enjoying the podcast? One of the best ways for the show to grow is for you to share it with a friend. Will you do that today? We'd love to help more people understand the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022